If you like the Live Wild podcast and enjoy hunting-related apparel, I've got you covered. I just launched some great t-shirts, hats, and sweatshirts under my own Live Wild brand. You can find them now on my website, remywarren.com. I just want to say thanks again, everyone, for all the support, and I really hope you enjoy these designs as much as I do. Who knows? Maybe you'll head over to my website and find your next lucky hat. I'm Remy Warren, and I've lived my life in the wild. As a professional guide and hunter, I've spent thousands of days perfecting my craft. I want to give that knowledge to you. In this podcast, we relive some of my past adventures as I give you practical hunting tips to make you more successful. Whether you're just getting started or a lifelong hunter, this podcast will bring you along on the hunt and teach you how to live wild. This podcast is brought to you by Mountain Tough and Yeti. A lot of the tactics I talk about here require you to be in top physical shape. So I partnered with Mountain Tough to help get you ready for the mountain. With their science-based hunter-specific training app, you'll get in shape and mentally tough, able to tackle any hunt. Because we really believe this will help you be more successful, as a listener to this podcast, we're giving you six free weeks to get you started. Just use code LIVEWILD. Yeti's been a longtime supporter of mine and has some of the best products out there, including their just-released 15 and 60 Go Boxes. These are durable, stackable, dust and watertight storage that's great for organizing and transporting all your favorite gear to and from the field. I actually got to test some of these this past season and put them through the paces traveling from hunt to hunt. It kept my stuff accessible and protected. Practical in so many situations, from raft trips down the river to elk camp in the Rockies, it's nearly indestructible, go anywhere storage that's now available. Welcome back to the Live Wild Podcast, everyone. You know, there's a lot of reasons that I enjoy hunting, but one of the things I don't think we talk about enough are the traditions and family aspect around it. For me, I actually grew up hunting, and my dad grew up hunting with his dad. It was a family tradition for us. Some of my best memories, and honestly, some of the most important times I had growing up were out in the field with my family. Now as an adult looking back, I'm sure it wasn't easy to take three boys out on a hunting trip. I think about some of the hunts we went on as a family, and it really puts into perspective that family aspect that's involved with hunting. My dad actually took me and my brothers at ages 11, 9, and 7 on his once-in-a-lifetime sheep hunt in Nevada, opting to have us there with him the entire time because us being with him when he got a sheep was the goal of his hunt. Now, with Father's Day coming up this weekend, I figured it'd be a great time to talk about hunting or getting out in the field and hunting with kids. As a fairly new dad, I've got a two-year-old and a five-month-old. I can definitely say that the way that I hunt when my family's in tow is definitely different than when I go out hunting when I'm alone, and that's only natural. And while a lot of things have changed over the last two years, getting out and hunting with our young family together is different, but honestly, just as enjoyable, if not more so. Today, I actually just released a video on my YouTube channel. It's titled Change, and that film kind of highlights one of my favorite hunts from last year, maybe one of my favorite hunts of all time. It took place in New Zealand with my wife and our 11-month-old daughter with us, which definitely presents its own challenges, but in the end, the effort was worth it to be able to get out and enjoy what we love as a family. You know, when you look at the makeup of hunting today, the majority of hunters out there you're going to find in the past were brought into it by their dads or through their family. But now with so much information available, a lot of people are getting into 
hunting a little bit later. They call themselves adult onset hunters. But a lot of those people, I get so many messages. They want to bring their kids up in hunting because they didn't have that same experience. So this week, we're going to be doing a nod to dads. We're going to look at ways to get your kids involved in hunting in the outdoors and tips for trips with the little ones, ways to raise your next hunting buddies. This can also be extended to other people as well, not just kids. But before we do that, I want to share the story of one of my first hunting memories with my dad. One of the things that I think is awesome about growing up hunting and and being in a hunting family is the fact that the first hunting trip I ever went on, I couldn't remember because I was too young. And so today's story is actually the first hunting trip that I can remember. And I can only remember some parts of it because I was so young. I was probably between two and three years old. And I think that it's interesting. I'll, I'll tell the story and then I'll talk about what I remember because I think that some of those things that you go okay these are probably some of my first core memories were out on a hunting trip with my mom and dad so the trip took place in in Nevada and my dad went out was my mom was there my dad was there my dad's brothers were there and it was for the opening day of sage grouse season so drove out to the middle of Nevada northern Nevada and they set up a, a camp they had someone had a tent trailer and the plan was to go out and hunt sage grouse they would go they go in early wait for the sage grouse to come to the water hole go in flush the grouse shoot the sage grouse i think you could shoot two at the time and um and then you know camp the rest of the weekend so they took me out i was you know just a little little baby but this wasn't my first trip with them they took me on fishing trips all the time i there's a picture of me had to have been uh, less than a year old in a wall tent in montana on an elk hunt so they, they were from a very young age just took me out and did the things that they loved to do they didn't know any better it was like all right we used to do these things and now we've got a kid and we're just gonna take our kid along with us they always tell the story of this trip because one of the things that they thought was great is my dad actually shot a grouse and knocked it down but didn't have a dog and the grouse hits the ground flopping around i ran after it and grabbed it for him and that was like, they loved telling that part of the story of like, they knew that I was going to be a hunter because I was just so excited about getting out there and hunting and being with them and probably starting to be at an age where I can interact a little bit better. Now, that's the part that they tell about the story, but it's funny when I think back about that hunt and that trip, I actually have memories of that experience that trip but it's not even the same you'd think that that would be what I would remember but it's funny because I remember being out there with my uncles I remember the tent trailer I remember that I had this little pop gun it was like a and it was like a little fake plastic shotgun that had a cork in it with a string on it and little cans that would they were like beer bottles fake beer bottles, plastic beer bottles with a little target on them. And when you'd hit them with the cork, they would break in half. I remember being really excited about the birds, but for some reason, the memory that sticks out to me of this trip was shooting these plastic beer bottles in the middle of the day around camp. And it's like, 
okay, here's this hunting trip that I went on. I remember, I remember holding the bird and being really excited about the birds. I remember just really being excited about hanging out with my uncles and playing around in the camp trailer and shooting these little cans in the middle of the day with my pop gun. And I remember my uncle put up like soda cans and beer cans that were empty and I would shoot those. And then they were shooting cans and and just shooting their shotguns in the middle of the day because they tagged out on their sage grouse pretty early in the morning. And so it's funny the things that you know, uh, these are some of my first memories and some of the first things that I remember about the hunting trip weren't even the hunt portion, but it was stuff around there that at the time that was really exciting to me. And I remember being with my cousins and then like actually my dad's friend was there and there were some older kids that were old enough to hunt with themselves. And I remember walking around with the younger hunters and being really excited. And I remember the bird that he shot and it's funny because, you know, there's something about like, okay, you know, I was going out with my dad, but I had these memories of like, oh, maybe this is something that I can do. And I remember thinking one of my other memories is just thinking, I can't wait till I get to do this. And then I think shooting the cans and, and being involved in the hunt, it was just something that I probably thought about. You know, the thing about memories is if you don't think about it, you lose that memory. It's like the memories are just things that you continually think about. And for some reason over the course of my life, this trip and certain aspects of it were things that I clearly thought about for a long time and became some of my first memories. But the things that really stood out were the things that I got to do, being with my family. And I just remember it as being a very fun trip, very fun experience and wanting and knowing that I wanted to do more of that. You know, being a new father and thinking about, you know, just kind of picturing my family 5, 10, 15 years down the line, of course I think about hunting being a part of it. Now, that's okay too. If, if my kids end up not being into it or whatever, that's okay. But I, I really actually don't see that happening because it's just such a part of our life. It's ingrained into the fabric of our life. And so for me, the the process for bringing my kids into hunting is because of the family traditions that were set up as me as a kid. My, my parents took me out at a very young age. It was just part of what we did. And because it was a part of what we did, not that you didn't know any different, but it just, it naturally happened. Now, I think though, there are a few key things. Being a guide, I've I've got to take a lot of kids out. I've got to be a part of a lot of hunts with other kids, having friends with kids of different ages. I've got to see it through essentially the process and also being uh, having friends that have got into hunting later and now have kids that they're getting into hunting. There's some things that I've taken away and noticed that I think are very important in getting kids into hunting or getting people into hunting you think like, okay, you're listening to this podcast, like, do we really need more people in hunting? And statistically, yes, because hunter participation, even though it seems like it's more and more, over the general trend has been a decrease in hunting participation. And there's a lot of reasons for that because there's a lot of other things that vie for attention. And the outdoors is one that can slip through the cracks to a lot of other things. But if you look at the future of hunting, if you don't have people participating, if you don't have people passionate about it and defending it and continuing to go, then the tradition gets lost, right? And so in some ways, 
you're passing on what's been passed on for thousands of years. And you think about it, like that's a very big responsibility to be able to pass along a way of life that's existed since humans have existed. And so in some ways, it's like I don't take that lightly of being able to pass on the outdoors, uh, hunting skills, outdoor recreation to my family and future generations because it becomes a tradition, it becomes something that at least they have an opportunity to know. There's a lot of, I get a lot of messages from guys that are like, hey, I got into hunting later in life. And a lot of the resources that I put out there have, have, are a big part of helping them be successful and understand the process. But then I also get a lot of messages being like, hey, I did this because I wanted my kids to be able to know about it because I never had anyone show me. And that's really awesome. And a lot of people are also like, well, I also don't know how to do that because I got into it later in life and it was a completely different experience for me. So this isn't just for getting your kids into hunting, but can be a lot of these things can be used for getting anyone into it, you know, whether it's your your spouse or someone else related to you, a friend, whatever it is. A lot of these things I think ring true for anyone. So I kind of created a list of some of the things that I think are important and some of the steps that you can take to really bring people into the outdoors and, and make the experience one that they learn but also want to continue. I think the first part is about becoming an outdoorsman, outdoorsman, outdoorswoman, whatever. Because, you know, hunting is one thing, but when you think about like the makeup of most people that hunt, they enjoy a lot of different kinds of outdoor recreation. And, you know, I've said it before, I'll say it again. I feel like fishing is the gateway drug to hunting. It's a great place to start with kids. It's a great place to start with other people that, maybe don't know if they want to get into hunting. And there's a, a lot of reasons for that. First of all, it's accessible, but it has a lot of the same bonding elements and ties to hunting. It's a pursuit where you can obtain dinner or a meal. It involves outdoor recreation, involves some kind of planning, involves uh, getting out and, and doing a lot of the same similar tasks that are in hunting and also people don't have the same connection to fish as they do a lot of other animals when somebody sees a fish and then somebody sees a, a bear they have kind of two different feelings and i think that that's generally the case like people don't really have a lot of empathy or i don't know like emotional attachment to fish as they might other game animals so this is especially true for whatever is like you're getting out there and you're enjoying the outdoors in a way that you've got these same bonding elements, these similar bonding elements, that excitement of the catch, that excitement of not knowing what's going to happen, that excitement of the possibilities of what's out there, the excitement of uh, everything being different every time you go out. Um, a lot of things that you can control, a lot of things that you can't control. But in the end, it, there's a lot of similarities from fishing to hunting. And I think of the way that I, when I grew up, you know, even a kid, I, I really liked the idea of hunting, but it was a long time before I could actually go hunting, right? There's a lot of things and skills that you need. You need to be able to shoot a gun. You need to be able, uh, old enough to get a license in some places. So how do you bridge that gap? And for me as a kid, fishing was, I was just addicted to fishing. I loved fishing and I loved the elements of fishing that were similar to the elements in hunting. And so when it came time for me to actually 
have a tag or go out hunting. Of course, I was on hunting trips from a very young age, but not being the hunter. Fishing, I was an active participant as early as I can remember. If I could just, I mean, there's times that I could probably couldn't even hold the rod, but could reel in, right? So I was a very active participant in fishing. And therefore that translated into that passion for hunting. Now, I think that next logical step from there is bird hunting because it, you can get into it sooner. There's a lot more opportunity for success. You don't necessarily have to wait till you're 12 years old. You don't have to wait for tags. And this is actually the same way that I got my wife into hunting. She wanted to do it, but we started out going on a lot of fishing trips. She started go, coming along on hunts with me. And then she decided she wanted to hunt for herself. And the first hunt that we did was a bird hunt because it allowed her to get out in the field, allowed her to understand gun safety, like go through the motions of becoming a hunter, but not necessarily having that, the difficulty or the uh, limited access to big game hunting. Actually, she started applying for tags and it took her five years before she drew a, a deer tag in the state of Nevada. So as like a new hunter that got into it later in life, you know, the opportunities for her to actually get out and go hunting were pretty limited because there wasn't the opportunity for her to draw a tag. And, and thankfully, you know, we were able to go other, she actually went on her first hunt in Hawaii for access deer because it was like an over-the-counter thing and we were able to do it and she got her first deer and she was able to get into big game hunting sooner that way. But had I just relied on her drawing a tag in her home state, it would have taken her five years to ever get the opportunity to big game hunt unless we went out of state. So in order to get into hunting, bird hunting was that logical next step and it got in her into it sooner. And she's like, okay, going through the motions of becoming a hunter and really learning all the things involved and then going on hunts with me. And, and fortunately we were able to go out of state and other places where she could get tags and, and go on hunts. Now, I think this is probably one of the biggest steps in it. And you're like, where do I start? And I think the start is there has to be an invite. When you think about getting your family into hunting, whether it's your kids, whether it's your whatever, anybody related to you or someone else, a friend, whatever it is, that invite is probably the biggest thing to kickstart it. I know a lot of people that go, man, I'd really love for my kids to go hunting with me. That seems really cool. But yet they go out and they never invite them out. They're like a lot of people go, oh, well, how'd you get your wife into hunting? And you know, I always gave the invite to come along on a hunt. I know a lot of people that don't extend those invites and they go, oh, well, if they want to, they'll ask. And sometimes that's true, but sometimes people, may, you know, especially when it comes to kids or whatever, maybe they don't ask. It has to be something you actively have. It's, it's an active thing. That invite is huge. I know my wife talks about, I think probably if somebody had invited her sooner, she would have hunted because she was actually interested in it for a very long time, but she just never had the opportunity to do it. She's like, oh, that's something that I've wanted to try or been interested in. She actually went and got her hunter safety on her own with a friend of hers, also a girl. They went and did their hunter safety and it was like, they did that. So if the opportunity ever came up that they could go hunting, that that was a possibility. And so, you know, the fact that I invited her hunting, she was like, yeah, I'll go. I'll go with you. I'll see what it's like. And then, you know, invited her to get tags and other things. And when I think about 
growing up hunting, you know, that invite was always there, but it was just in the form of like, we started going, like we were brought along. And so the opportunity to get into it and understand it is a lot greater because you're invited. That's step number one. I think one of the biggest things that I've learned, whether it's taking kids out hunting, taking new hunters, whatever it is, especially with kids, is to really include them in the experience. Now, there has to be a way that they're included in it and it makes it not where you're hunting and they're just tagging along, but they're included in the entire experience. You know, don't discount what they see. Let them be a part of the process. When somebody's doing this for the first time, especially when it's kids, right? You might be looking for, you maybe you're mule deer hunting and you've got a mule deer buck tag and they spot a doe or you spot a doe. And it's like, oh, that's just a doe. But to them, that's a deer that they're very excited about. So make it exciting. You know, let's put the spotting scope on it. Let's check out. Let's watch this deer and, and see what it does. Let them be a part of that experience. Let them, you know, it's like give them a set of binoculars. Let them look around. Let them make some decisions. I, I remember being a kid hunting with my dad and he'd be like, oh, where should we go? Should we go to this water hole over here or should we go back around the mountain and go that way and me and my brothers would talk and be like oh let's go let's go to that water hole that seems like the lucky spot right it didn't matter where we went but we felt like okay i remember there's an antelope hunt my dad was like okay which way should we go and we we like picked to the spot and we were going up the road and there was an antelope and we got out and made a stock and he shot that antelope we felt like yeah we got this antelope with you because we made some of the decisions that were a part of the process we felt like it, it was as much we were as included as much as the next person we weren't just tagging along but we were just dove in and were a part of the hunting experience we had our binoculars which we were looking around and, and when we saw stuff we got to watch the animals and oh what do you think about this one and, and we're very included in the process of that hunt and because we were included in the process of the hunt it puts skin in the game it puts value on the things that are going on and it makes it a more enjoyable experience it makes it an experience that they're a part of and not just tagging along to or something that they have to do you know as a as a hunting guide we've always put a lot of stress on the experience, right? Because there's a lot of things you can control, but a lot of things in hunting you can't. You can't control the weather. You can't control the animals in a lot of instances. But what you can control is the experience around the hunt. When a guy would leave, it's like, well, what experience did we provide? Did we provide an experience where no matter what, regardless of success, it was a good experience or was it just an experience where we were just looking to be successful and all the other things didn't matter? You know, as an elk guide in Montana, a lot of places, a lot of the people that would come in like hadn't ever had that kind of experience. They'd never stayed in a wall tent. They'd never done certain things. And it's like, okay, these are the parts of the elk hunt or the experience that were memories that is like, these are very important things too. So when I would see elk it's like all right here i've got some cows but like look through the spawning scale really dive into this experience because i i know i've seen it before where guys would go out with guides and they would see elk but the guy just like looked through the spotter and oh there's just cows and whatever and by the end of the week guys like i actually never saw an elk and the guy's like no we saw 1100 elk he's like well i didn't see him 
Um, so bringing them in the experience, it completely changes the frame of reference of what happened. It, those memories become more cemented and become more concrete and it becomes a much more enjoyable thing. The next part, when it comes to bringing kids in the field with you, and I get this all the time, like I, I run into people be like, oh, I used to hunt, but you know, we had a family. And so you, you know what it's like, like we just, you know, don't have the time or don't do it. Or we couldn't go out because we've got kids or we've got a, a new baby or we've got this, we've got that. And there's a lot of excuses and there's a lot of people that enjoy hunting and are thinking like, yeah, I'm going to get back into it at a certain point. And I think one of the things to think about when it comes to bringing your kids out hunting or getting someone into the hunting, whatever, is you just have to go in knowing it's going to be hard because there's people who are like, oh yeah, well, of course you take your kids hunting, but oh, maybe you've got a good kid or maybe you got this or maybe you got that. And it, it doesn't matter what your circumstances are. You just have to completely understand that it's going to be hard, but you have to accept that challenge with a smile, really. You just have to embrace that part of it. And like, that's the fun part of it. Yes, it's going to be hard. Yes, it's kind of a pain in the butt. Yes, there's like a lot of logistical things that make it very difficult. There's a lot of barriers. You'll be like, oh, you don't understand. My kids couldn't do that, whatever. And you're correct. They can't because it's not going to be easy. But you, if you put in that extra work, you know that that work is going to have to be put in to get this going. And you're, you accept that and you're like, all right, it's just going to be hard. That's what I'm going to deal with. It's going to make the entire experience a lot better. And it's going to actually, you know, incentivize you to get on like, this is what I'm expecting. I'm expecting it to be difficult. But there is a lot of things that are fun and make it worth it. And, you know, one of the, one of the things that I kind of think about this past season, I, I hunted with a buddy of mine, Joe Zwiefel, and his wife had an elk tag. And I have actually told this story earlier. But I think that the cool thing is, is daughter Harper was on the elk hunt with us. And she rode around in his backpack the entire time. He carried her everywhere we went, hiking the entire week with like a 70 pound pack. It was like he was packing out an animal the entire week. And of course, like he was probably tired. It was probably, it had to be difficult, you know, but you know what he did? He was like, I'm not going to let this hinder the hunt. And this is what I want to do with my family. And that extra work and just like that mental toughness of like, it wasn't hard for him because he went in with that mindset of like, this is what we're doing and we can do it. And it, and he did it the entire week. And it was one of the coolest things ever because his wife killed a great bull. And here we are roasting marshmallows by the fire next to her mom's bull that those are only memories you can have if you put in that extra hard work. And those are memories that she'll take for the rest of her life. He'll take forever. Like, you know, the, the time with your kids is so... You know, I've only, I'm I'm in it two years and it just has already gone in a blink. And everybody that I talk to is like, man, it goes so fast. And so it's like to put in the effort for these experiences, but at the end of this whole thing, those are the things that you're going to remember. Those are the times that you're going to value. And that makes it so worth it. I think another big factor when it comes to taking kids and getting them in the outdoors is you have to make it fun. There are so many other aspects around the hunt that you have to kind of 
think about the whole experience. When I think about the memories of the first hunt that I can actually remember, things that for some reason or another I took with me, the the memory was shooting a pop gun at cans, right? And it's like there's a lot of times where I've seen it, you know, guys like, oh, I'm taking my family out. And they their kids end up not liking it because when they went out, there was no element of fun. It was like they hunted the same way that they hunted when they were by themselves. And to take a kid out and do that, it didn't make sense. That element of fun was taken out because it was fun for them, but then it was like, well, now it's not fun for them because they've got a kid with them. They aren't focused on their hunt. And it's a really bad experience for everyone. And that's not the way to do it because the the things that make it fun, the things that are making it enjoyable, the other aspects around the hunt and the entire experience is what keeps them coming back what keeps them entertainers those are the things that help build those core memories and of course the hunting portion is extremely fun as well but you have to think about all the other things around it when we go out with anytime i take a a kid out hunting I, i took a kid out last year and it's like some of the stuff that i did was you know around the experience of like we're gonna have a good hunt but also we're gonna have some awesome snacks we're gonna have you know what we're gonna eat things that you don't get to eat at home we're gonna have like the chips and the cook the hot dogs on the fire or whatever it is like we're gonna we're gonna make it fun we're gonna do the things that even just outside of the hunting experience are things that you would remember so whether you got the success or not it was a, a trip that you think back and go like oh, that was really fun. Think about all the other things that kids do or get to do. And it's like the reason they do them is it's fun. When you go out skiing, it's like they're very active in it. There's not a lot of downtime. It's it's made fun. The Whatever kids get into, it's because, well, hey, that was really fun. And so to have those fun elements in hunting, because let's face it, right? If you're going on a, a multi-day hunting trip somewhere, there's parts where even as an adult, you can be like, I, look, I love hunting, but there's parts that get boring, right? So to have those things mixed in where it's like, hey, we're just, we're just here to have fun. We're here to have a good time. Those are the things that really get remembered. The next thing is to hunt to the ability. When I plan a hunt with my family, I, I still do a lot of hunts where I don't take my family and there's hunts where I do take my family. And the hunts that I take my family especially with really young kids mean that I'm hunting completely different than when I'm by myself. So it might mean that I'm actually hunting closer to a road where we drive around and do a lot of glassing. Yeah. Maybe that's not the way that is the most successful in this area, but I'm hunting to the, I'm making a plan hunting to the ability of the people who are with me as kids get older, as I've taken out older kids, then we hunt to their ability and we continually build the hunt plan based on who we're hunting with. Uh, You know, one of the things that I think about, I, did some hunts last year with our family. And it's like, I picked spots where I knew that I could hunt to that ability. We, a place where we could take more breaks when we hiked in, it's like, Oh, we chose some logging roads where it was easier for them to be comfortable and get back quicker and little, little vantages where we'd walk up and look at this vantage and play around a little bit and then go back and put my daughter down for a nap on the film that we just did. It's like, so you're like, all right, we go back and my wife's got my daughter in the car and she's taking a nap and I'm out glassing and I actually spotted the buck that she took while the kid, while our daughter was napping. 
and then going like, okay, well, we've got time. We're going to do whatever it takes and get her going and get her back in the pack and then go do our stock. And so it's just important to kind of hunt to that ability. And that might mean like maybe you love spot and stock hunting, but you want to bring your however old your kid is and maybe sitting a blind is a better option if that's a good way to hunt. And it's like, hey, we can be together. We can we can have fun. We can talk. We can do whatever. And you can be in this experience if an animal comes in. And look, they're going to be more loud. They're going to be, there's going to be things that are going to be different about it. And you just go in knowing that, but choosing the right hunt makes a big difference. You know, when I think about me getting into hunting as the firstborn is a lot different than my brothers getting into it. There's actually like my brothers hunt and they love it now, but I think there was a portion where they didn't like it for a little bit because I was a little bit older and I was more able. And then we went on a few hunts that were hard growing up. And they're like, God, man, that was, that was rough. And like to think about it in the perspective of like my younger brothers, yeah, it was probably a little more difficult for them. And so They didn't necessarily enjoy it the same way that I did until a little bit later in life. But really thinking about hunting to the ability and choosing that hunt based off of who you're hunting with makes a big difference. Then I think one of the last things here is just thinking about success. When I go out hunting with our kids, we've got, uh, we're going out here pretty soon and we've got, a five-month-old and a two-year-old. And it's like, okay, the hunt is going to be different. But the thing about it is you're still out hunting. And there is that point where you can burn them out. So the way that I look at success when it comes to bringing somebody new like that out hunting is like, yeah, it's okay to have a hard day or whatever. But the real success is them wanting to do it again. Now, of course, it's always fun to find success when you're hunting with family, get that deer you're looking for, you know, shoot some birds, bring some birds back. Like having that success in the hunt is important for sure because it it shows the entire process of the hunt. I remember one of the first deer hunts we went on with my dad. We were essentially what would be considered road hunting because it's like my mom, my young brothers, like they were, I was, I don't even know how old I was. I was probably like five or six and then four and two, you know what I mean? It's like six, four and too that's a hard group and then my, my dad would go and we'd go on little walks and we'd all walk with them and it's like we were so loud and okay you got to be quiet and this is deer poop and he's just like doing the thing and then we were going to another area and a, a buck ran across the road and we got out and he took me with him and the deer stopped and he shot and it was like a little three point and honestly like yeah he could have hunted for a better deer or a bigger deer but that was the deer that gave him the opportunity with the with what he had. And we got a buck and me and my brothers were all excited and we got to touch the buck and we got to help him, you know, kind of skin it and hold the leg. And it was just like this experience of like, okay, he found success. But the thing about it is it didn't matter the deer. It was just the fact that like, we were like, this is really cool. We can't wait to do that again. And really when you look at the success of the hunt, that was the success, the bringing us into it us wanting to do it again and him valuing the fact that we were there with him and that being the main point of the hunt. So the idea of success when I'm out hunting with my family changes. Maybe it's not necessarily like, of course, I'm a hunter. I love being successful. I love bringing home meat and food, but also I feel like it's a success to 
pass that on to really get them to want to do it again and enjoy the experience of going out as a family and hunting. And I think over the long run, the time value equation really pencils out. You know, I, I kind of like thought of it like this in, in a kind of a funny way. It's like, okay, hunting can equal time away. But as you go through life with a family, time away is a limited commodity. Therefore, hunting time over time is reduced. So in layman's terms, it means there's less hunting, right? But if you can figure out the hack of making family time also equal hunting time, then as family time increases, hunting time over time increases. Therefore, family time that is also hunting time increases overall hunting time over time. See that equation? It pencils out in the long run. You know, when I think back of like, I got to hunt a lot as a kid, but when I think about it, I was like, my dad got to hunt even more because I was into it. It was sharing family time together. It wasn't just him going away. And of course there were trips where he would just go away or him and my mom would go out. And my mom would go on a lot of hunts. She's never uh, taken an animal herself, but she loved the experience of being out as a family and hunting and doing that whole thing. And over time, we got to go on a lot of hunting trips and I feel like did a lot of hunting, but it was also family time. It was also quality time. It was also time that we got to spend together. And when I think about over the course of, for my dad, over the course of his life, he got to spend a lot of time out hunting that he probably would not have if we weren't into it or didn't get us into it from a young age because it would have just been him out there and that time would have been limited and therefore overall hunting time would have been limited. So in many ways, you're like, well, is it worth it to, you know, I want to increase the time that I have out there. And I'm thinking if you bring your family, if you get them into it early, yes, there's going to be some times where it's it's not the same experience, right? But it can be a better experience in many in many ways. And over the course of your life and hunting, you probably will get more time out in the field by bringing them in and really enjoying the entire experience as a family experience. I hope you guys really enjoyed that podcast. You know, when I think about hunting and hunting trips in the past, I can't not think about hunting without thinking about my dad, thinking about the family traditions that we enjoyed growing up. And so maybe you're like, I listen to this podcast. I'm not even close to having kids. I don't want to have kids or whatever. That doesn't really matter. But I think that those tips can be used for anyone you're taking out, whether it's getting a new a friend into hunting that wants to go hunting, or maybe you're just getting into hunting. Hey, look, just because you just got into it doesn't mean that you also can't mentor or take someone else out. If you've spent five days out and somebody spent zero days out, you have the experience, right? So I think that these are things that can apply to a lot of different scenarios in any kind of facet that you're thinking about. I think about a lot of these things applied to when I started to take my wife out with me and just other friends and I've taken friends, kids out and a lot of different people I've got the pleasure of taking out for their first hunting experience. And honestly, it's so much fun to be able to experience hunting through the lens of somebody doing it for the first time. So if you get the opportunity, definitely take somebody out hunting, mentor them, take somebody out fishing, take somebody out in the outdoors and help 
foster that appreciation for it. And maybe they end up being like, hey, this isn't for me, which is fine because not everybody needs to hunt. But I think if they have the opportunity, they're invited and they enjoy it and they want to do it, that's great. But on the flip side of that, if they understand where you're coming from and they, they start to learn about the experience and, oh, hey, this is difficult or this is that or anytime issues about hunting come up, they're going to be advocates for it. There's like, hey, I know somebody that does this. I've been, I've gone out hunting. It doesn't matter what it is or who it is. It could be your kids. It could be a friend, whatever. I think a lot of these same things are going to apply. You know, one of the the stories that I always think about when I was growing up hunting and I, I mean, I was hooked. I was into it. By the time I was 12 years old and could apply for big game tags, I was absolutely obsessed. I would hunt every day if, if possible. And as I got older, you know, my, my parents actually let me hunt a lot. <laughs> I actually missed a lot of school because of hunting, which is cool. I still got good grades in the whole thing, right? It's like, hey, keep your grades up. Yeah, we can go hunting. And when I was probably like 13 years old, I had the worst pair of cheap binoculars. And they weren't even like the worst pair. We just didn't know any better. And there wasn't a lot of great options. It was either too expensive we couldn't afford. And what we could afford was just stuff that wasn't that great. I remember like glassing so much that I actually had eye strain so bad that I ruptured a blood vessel in my eye and I'd like be at school and I had like the whites of my eyes were completely red from straining looking through bad binoculars. And one of the things that I think is, you know, about getting into it today, especially for kids and other things, there was not clothing for kids. There wasn't, we just had like the smallest army fatigues you could find rolled up. It's like kids, like just oversized, whatever. There just wasn't the probably like binoculars. They didn't have a good value binocular. It was like the kind that you would get at a sporting event and that was it. And it, you, things have changed so much, like the enjoyment and, and the, the types of gear and stuff out there now for kids or people just getting into it is completely different. You know, Vortex, one of our partners of this podcast, I think one of the things that I really like that they do is they try to have the best optics for kind of every price range. And they just came out with a new binocular. It's the the Triumph HD 10 by 42s. And the cool thing about this binocular, you know, we always talk about binoculars and get the best you can afford and other things. But think about getting kids into hunting and that just multiplies the price of things. These binoculars are under $100. And I wish I had these growing up. I had them send me a pair and I got to test them out. And they are like the image quality, the ergonomics is like in that class, there's absolutely nothing better for that price point. And this is perfect for like, you know, getting kids a first pair of binoculars where it's like, all right, it's not breaking the bank. You could use them in your, like keep them in the glove box of your truck, your backpack, your goat, whatever. But the actual quality of them is surprisingly impressive. I was like, man, I, can't, I couldn't imagine if I, what I would have turned up if I had binoculars like that when I was a kid. And so I, I think that it's really cool. That they've invested a lot of resources into figuring out how to make something like that for that price because they recognize like, hey, not everybody needs the, the, the high-end binoculars. It's like, this could be great for kids or whatever. So I, I'm actually just keeping them in my 
duck vest because it's like I don't want to take my my really good binoculars out in the marsh because you just I don't know you lose them you get them all messed up whatever but I like having binoculars with me for something like that so I just like they live in my truck too and you're like all right I've got these always in my truck in my like decked drawer it's like they're always there with me in case I forget binoculars or whatever hey I've at least got a, a pair and they don't break the bank the cool thing about them too they like come in they've got like the glass pack the binocular chest rig the harness the whole thing like rain guard eyepieces lens covers when you open them you're like this is a very i don't know how they did it to be honest i don't know they they got it at that price with that quality but that's something to think about if you guys are in the market for something like that you got some kids and you're like hey this is a really good way to bring them in and be like hey these are your binoculars this is what you get to use when you go out hunting with me it means a lot to them and it's really cool that they can actually utilize something that's a, a really good quality as well especially for the price so i don't know just something to think about something like that i'm very appreciative of what vortex does for the hunting industry and the the things that they come out with and things that they're trying to continually innovate and to have that is as being something that they're very passionate about and, and put out there as a product i thought that, that was really cool so until next week, you know, we're going to be jumping back into antelope part two. So we took a little bit of a break for Father's Day. We're going to be jumping into spot and stock hunting antelope. A lot of people loved the antelope stuff, the pronghorn stuff. They are such a cool animal. And I think that they, in some ways, kind of get put on the back burner to other stuff. But when you think about North American animals, man, are they just, uh, it's a cool hunt, a fun hunt. And it can be a frustrating hunt at times. So we're going to talk about that spot and stock hunting aspect next week. As always, you know, make sure if you guys don't, if you guys subscribe to this podcast, that means a lot to me. I, I really appreciate everyone that subscribes. Thank you guys for all the comments, a lot of good comments being dropped and ratings. Feel free to, wherever you listen, just drop a comment, drop a rating, you know, do it every once in a while. If there's a podcast you really like, it helps me kind of just navigate through what you guys want. Because I want this podcast to be as much about what you guys want to learn about is what I want to talk about. So I appreciate you all. Uh, as a reminder, I dropped a new video for Father's Day called Change. It talks about just that hunt taking our daughter on and you know, to be honest, it's like we flew halfway across the world with our daughter. And it's like, yeah, uh, of course there's things that difficult about it, but I don't even honestly remember those things thinking back. All I remember is like the things that I remember, how excited she was when she got to put her hands on the antler. She loves, like she could say deer. That was one of the first, like first few words are daddy and deer. And like just, just stoked on it. And just, I mean, under one years old, and already can tell like her passion for what we do because it's what we do as a family. So like, yeah, there, there's a lot of ways of like, yeah, there's things that are difficult about it. But I think that a lot as things change, you know, a lot of things still remain the same. And that love of the outdoors is one of those things of like, it doesn't matter if I'm out there alone on a solo trip or out there with my family, I'm out there hunting and doing what we love. And so I think you guys will enjoy that. Let me know, you know, if you, if you haven't checked it out, it's on my Remy Warren YouTube channel, go check it out as always. Feel free to, if you guys don't subscribe to my YouTube channel, subscribe to it. You can always turn the notifications on so you don't miss anything. If people are like, I subscribe and I never see these new videos unless I hear about it. So I think part of the deal is like flip the notifications on for that. You can figure that out. There's, if you guys want, yeah, no pressure, but I think you guys will enjoy it. So 
it's a good Father's Day watch if you get a if you get a chance. Like, hey, I get to choose what I watch on the TV today. It's Father's Day. We're all watching a hunting film. I think that's a really fun one. I, it's in my opinion, it's one of my favorite videos that I've ever got to do because it involved the people that I care most about in this world. So if you guys want to check it out, check it out. Until next week, I'm just going to say bring them up right. We'll catch you guys later.